<laughs> I knew that was going to happen the minute I hit that. Okay. All right. That's how we start this one. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Do you remember this voice? This is Katrina. Hi, everyone. It's Sunday at 8.09 a.m. We got up at 6 in the morning. Yeah, early. But also, we were completely exhausted yesterday at about 5 p.m. after walking forever and doing things in 90 degree heat. Oh my gosh, it was, we were so tired. It was a long day, Wade. <laughs> so yesterday, without getting into all of the crazy events, well, there was, it wasn't crazy. We just did a ton. Yeah. We went out, we had good food, we had cool activities, and we meandered. We flanored about New York City and had a wonderful day, yeah. and it was hot as hell, and then came home chilled, chit-chatted. What I want to talk about today and record, honestly, this one's going to be more for me than you, but I think you're going to get a ton of value out of this as well, would be the continuous spiderweb of conversation we had throughout the day that deals in like your, your wheelhouse, the sabbatical, the career break. Um, I don't know exactly how to start this, but basically we're doing this episode today because we talked all day yesterday about it and it's just floating around in my brain. Went to sleep with it, woke up and I was doing my little morning typing test and instead I started, I was like, instead of doing the little website typing test, I was like, let me just write my little blog about my thoughts and I started writing and I thought it would just be a quick little thing and it ended up becoming quite a little novel as I was like, well, what about this and what about this? So we're going to hit some things I talked about. The blog post basically starts, and I said, this weekend this weekend has held a common theme, and that is, Wade, you should take a sabbatical and go see what's possible. And, uh, and basically I said, this has been intriguing, dare I say, a sexy notion for quite some time. I said, what intrigues me about it is that it t- taps directly into this core thought I've had for a while that I'm not living a life doing things that interest me deeply. I do that part-time, at best, in my free time. And I said, now that's all well and sexy as I expressed above. It also hits a couple core fears and confusion points I also carry with me, such as I've never lived on my savings, ever. And I can't strictly define what it is I would be doing with the time I gain from not working. And we've kind of talked about both of these yesterday. So I just repackaged it into something that I could read before. And I want to talk about these two things and then see where we go. I'm so excited for this. She's out of smiles as I started talking, so <laughs> she's like, let's go. Geek out about it. Yes. Um, Katrina's awesome, and she's someone that I love talking to because you're bright, you listen, you, you listen well, and you're like, you're just like into this. You're into this idea that excites the hell out of me slash equally scares the hell out of me because it sounds so perfect. Just go do what you really want to do, Wade. And it's like, yeah, I know. I've been saying that forever. But I don't want to. But I'm scared to do that. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the first thing that really, like, I want to hit on is just, like, the obvious thing. Like, I've never lived on savings. I don't know if I, I don't know if this resonates with everybody. Because I feel like most people I talk to tend to live on a budget. And this is one of my just, like, privileges in life or something like that. Where I've worked since I was 14. I don't have a crazy, elaborate, expensive taste style life, and I've gotten to myself to a salary since the military. So for the last, like, from 23 to today, 37, I've made enough money to just kind of buy things I want to buy. I don't look at prices. I question the expensive things, but I just show my card. My card is just the entry ticket to things I want. It has nothing to do with money. I'm like, 
okay, I want to do this. Here's my little blue card. Okay, thank you for letting me through the, the door. Living on my savings scares the crap out of me because it means I have to pay attention to everything I pay for because it means I can run out of money. Right now it feels like I can't run out of money. Mm. What is that what is that like? What is it like to live on your savings during a career break? Yeah. Is it frightening? Is it like Does it take away from the fun? of being imaginative because you do have a finite amount of resources to actually do this. Like I'm going into this thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm giving myself the space to figure it out. But I also only have so much resources to do it too. Yeah. What if I get to the end of my resources and I don't have an answer? And that's sort of like, that's the second fear. of Yeah. Living yeah. In savings. Well, okay. So remind me of the second one when we get there, mm-hmm. but for the first one, right. Mm-hmm. Constraint is such a huge motivator of creativity. When you think about somebody really being forced to be creative and resourceful, you're not doing that usually in a place of abundance, right? Because you're calling things in, like you said, like your credit card is the point of entry. Mm -hmm. So when you think about, will my life suck a little bit more or will things be less fun Mm -hmm. when I'm living off of savings, all you're doing is entering into a world where there's a creative constraint that will spark you to yeah. have to dig a little deeper and go past the obvious, you know, fun dinner out, fun event out to just be like, what is it I really need right now? Instead of like, what do I think I want? Right. Oh, go do it. But like, what do I really need? And how do I give myself that experience? And how do I give myself that experience in a way I can afford? And everybody's budget, right? You know, I've, I've coached a lot of people, like over 50 people I've worked with have taken a break, mm-hmm. not counting the ones that are still preparing. They all have different budgets. They all have different dreams. Some want to be abroad. Some want to travel a lot. Some want to stay at home. Some want to do courses. You know, like it's all different. But what was true for me is I had $40,000 and I had a goal of being able to not work for one year and to just travel. And it ended up being 20 months because I rose to the challenge Mm -hmm. of this constraint. And some of the things I thought I wanted to spend money on, I didn't. And one thing that we talked about yesterday that I think is so important to underscore half of the things that you do when you're working a job that feels a little bit like a grind or it's just like holding space Mm -hmm. for this other thing you'd rather be doing, it's like numbing, right? Or it's things you need to do to boost up other aspects of your life to make life feel richer and more fun. And when you clear the space and you can do anything you want, a lot of the stuff that you spend money on is not necessary anymore to live a life that feels fun and Mm -hmm. adventurous and good. And so I, I would say that like, redirecting that money, which is really just energy. Mm -hmm. Like you work for this money, right? You put energy, lots of hours of your day into this company. They pay you money. That's Mm -hmm. a resource. When you're just spending it left and right, it's fun. But when you're doing it with intention, it feels so much better. Yeah. It's so much more fun to buy something and like consciously buy it. Because you know why and what you're going to do with it and things like that. When you say that it lasted longer, you had a longer runway, is mm-hmm. that that life didn't cost as much as you thought it would, or you were augmenting it because down the road before you got to your end, you were making money, so mm-hmm. it, your burn, you were making money, so you weren't just burning through all of your savings? Yeah, no, I was burning through my savings. It was just okay. because life cost less, and 
exactly what we talked about, like those numbing behaviors or the things I was doing to compensate for the fact that I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Like I just wasn't spending money on as many things as yeah. I thought I would. And then I was also just traveling and having a lot of fun without needing to like supplement or augment yeah. it with a bunch of extra bells and whistles. I feel like so. Yeah. That resonates with me. One thing I think about is like when I do look back at my credit cards, um, like I pay them off monthly, a true to like a check card, but they get to see what goes on it. And it's, it's life daily life goes on it and it's a lot of food. And then I think about at times, like on a weekend when I get some sort of riff on some idea or something I want to do and I go down that rabbit hole, oftentimes I have to remind myself to eat. I'm like, I'm too into it. And I'm like, oh crap, wait, it's like three o'clock. Like, do you eat? You didn't even eat breakfast. You should probably do something here to keep yourself alive. (laughs) And so, but when I'm not doing that, I fill the space with food. And like, so I, so I wonder is like, I bet I would actually spend a lot less on my credit card doing this. Then the other side of the coin is, well, if I'm going to, and we're going to talk about rabbit holes a little bit on the second point here, but if I'm going to go down rabbit holes, that comes with unforeseen expenses. Mm -hmm. If I want to do that, I might need this. That might include a plane ticket or to buy that thing, that Mm -hmm. gear, things -hmm. like that. And I'm like, I guess it's almost like there has to be a bit of blind faith that those replacement of purchases will basically offset each other, off balance each other. And if not, like you said, there's a creative constraint in the way. Maybe I can't afford it, but what can you do instead to do it, right? Yeah, right. And these are you're so creative, right? Like you that's when you network with someone and you say, Can you like can I get a scholarship to this course? Mm -hmm. Or you're like, you tell a friend, like, I really want to go to this thing. And your friend's like, oh my God, I have a place you could stay. You know what I mean? Like, and the, the magical world seems to open up for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other part there, the second part was like dealing with the resources. You're giving yourself a finite time to like, like what we talked about, explore those rabbit holes and go down it. It's like, well, if you run out of resources before you, see like i'm talking about like i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm just going into the rabbit hole i'm going down the foggy path trusting that i'm looking at the next step in the path all i need to know is the next step in the path i don't need to see the mountaintop what happens if i run out of abilities to money to take more steps and i don't get to the mountaintop like am i a failure do i go back to working i guess that's like the the bit that's like you have to have the faith to do it and like you you said it yesterday you're like, you're like regardless of what happens in the end you'll come out the other side with so many more new experiences skills and just be a better off person on the other side of it just because you did go through yeah let's lean into your analogy wade yeah. like climbing the mountain uh-huh. right uh-huh. the question that your brain is basically offering right now is i'm here in this like meh land things are fine there's this mountain i really want to know what's on top of it i really want to be a person that can get to the top should i should i go try to climb it i mean what happens if i try to climb it and i only get like three-fourths of the way up and then i have to go back to meh land you know what i should do i should just stay in meh land forever yeah so i could never never be disappointed i should just keep i should just keep dabbling on that mountain yeah. on my weekends and my evenings yeah. and never really make enough ground and just only just stick to the bottom trails that are that just I dip a toe into the fog. I don't actually like go in yeah. and get lost in it long enough. Yeah. yeah. Wait, if you climb three fourths of the mountain, you have climbed three fourths of the mountain. Yeah. That experience has changed you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you climb three fourths of the mountain. You A have the courage to be like 
F it, I'm going to the mountain. Mm-hmm. And then you gain the skills, the experience, the photos, the memories, the drama of climbing three-fourths of the mountain. And that changes you. So even if you climb down that mountain and you're like, you know what? This mountain, I'm not going to make it to the top. You are now incredibly prepared to go scale other mountains. And you have the courage to know when you see a mountain, the worst thing that happens is I end up exactly right back where I am right now. Yep. And we talked about this. What yep. is one of your superpowers? You said it yesterday. Uh, but I, I don't have a difficulty getting a job. Yeah. yeah so about? what happens <laughs> if you have to get off the mountain? I just get a job. Exactly. It's, it's very easy to get a job. Yeah. Um... There's another analogy that I think of is that, like, before I sold it all and went traveling, I, it always seemed like I wanted to do it, but it was so inaccessible to do. Like, I could do a simple cruise or, like, go to a different state, but then I eventually just, like, pulled the trigger and just went for it, and now after doing it, now, like, it's, like, it is so easy to book the ticket and go to the place that I want to go. Like, I don't even think of it. It's like, it's a part of my life now to just simply do that. And before that used to be so close feeling, but so far away at the same time. So I feel like this is one of those things that even if you didn't get to the mountaintop, you have proven to yourself that you can be a person that can go, go further, deeper into things, uh, you know, and potentially get somewhere. Yeah. And like, honestly, Wade, you know, Climbing that mountain, it, life is not really a one and done. Mm-hmm. So even if you climb three-fourths of the way, if you understand what that tipping point was where you decided you had to come back, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that after two more years of living life and maybe having new connections or a windfall or new opportunities that you don't go, you know what? I know what that last fourth needed, and now I have it. Let me yeah. get my high knee up that mountain. Yep. Are you enjoying this? <clears throat> I'm going to do the little 30-second ad, and then we're going to get into the second bullet point here. So back in 30 seconds. Okay, we're back. Thank you for that. Um, all right. The second bullet point I have, we talked about this quite a bit. I really, I really liked what you said yesterday. But basically, it's, okay, I'm going to give myself the time. One of the things that scares me to begin something like this is that oftentimes I just have like, a spark of inspiration to go down some sort of rabbit hole and have some fun. But then when I think about, okay, I am not just a spark. I am plotting out and giving myself great spans of time. Like, like if you talk about six months or a year of all day, every day, and I'm like this little guy that's like, ooh, I can do this real quick. Do What do I do with all the time? And so I wrote, I was like, I can't strictly define, like, It feels like in order to start something like this, I need to know where the hell I'm going. And when I think about this, like, if I'm going to start it, the first thing I think is, like, I don't even know what I would be doing with the time I gave myself, which seems crazy. So I would be like, okay, not that I would explain this to my job in this detail, right? But I imagine the whole conversation would sound something like this. Um, Job, I'd like to take six months off to figure out what I – want to do or to explore things that I want to do. And they would go, awesome. What are you going to get into? I don't know, but I'm going to do something, but I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? You don't know what you're doing, but you want to quit for six months? I'm like, exactly. Yeah. This is what, so ask me that question. Wait, the lizard brain answer. says that's not the way you go. <laughs> so if somebody were to ask me that, right, or mm-hmm. I was to give notice, my answer in your circumstance would be, um, I am going to go explore my passions and 
a bunch of curiosity and interest for six months and I'm giving myself free reign to do it. And then they'd be like, great, well, where are you going to start? Right? You mm. probably know where you're going to start, but this is also the truth. I'm going to see where the magic takes me. I have an idea. I'm going to start there and I'm here for this journey wherever it takes me. I am like mm -hmm. on this ride and I'm going to learn a bunch of things I can't even tell you about right now because I don't even know what they are. Yeah, that's it. Yep. The thing we got talking about yesterday, I really liked it. There was, there was two things. One was that you explained, you explained it in such a great way. It was basically like you were using examples of other clients where you said like oh. they didn't know what they were doing or they thought they were doing this, but then the, the, podca there's a natural, the podcast one. Yeah, there's a natural, Can you tell the story of the podcast sure, one? Yeah. That was good. There's a natural evolution. So mm -hmm. uh, what we were talking about is focusing on your next right step mm -hmm. because there's no way you are going to know what this ultimately awesome thing is right. that you're going to create because you don't have the skills, the connections, or the experience yet to create it. Right. So how could your brain even possibly know what that is? Yeah. And so the example I gave, was you know my business coach who was a business coach previously mm -hmm. but in her experience as a business coach she decided to write a book and then to promote that book she started doing a lot of podcast mm -hmm. and also just you know as a business coach sharing her story and in that experience she got on really big podcasts like John Lee Dumas's you know EO on fire and in that experience she kept having people reflect back to her that she was one of the best guests they'd ever had and people would say that to her and she started to really sit with that and just assumed the way she did it was normal. But yeah. it turns out her approach was really special. And so she was in, you know, like a VIP mastermind and one of the leaders of the mastermind was like, I want you to teach what you do to this group. And she was like, oh, shit. That's the thing that hits me. That like resonation right there is I get that. I get that. You're doing this thing, and then someone says all this, and then you start to hear this trend around this other thing that is just like, it might start as a compliment, but then it's like, wait, but you're all saying that. So is this a thing? And then it is a thing. Right. But you don't know what that thing is until you do the thing to get the compliment. Yeah, I mean, right? you just have to take that next right step. Like so it she... uncovers itself through the journey, but it has nothing to do with the, the steps you began with. Well, it has to do with it, but you don't know that it has But you to do don't with know. It. It's like you're taking turns that you can't foresee because yeah. you haven't gotten to the point where that turn is an option. Yeah. And so, you know, from that moment, she did a presentation. She'd had friends that had been similar to you, compliments, right? Like, friends have been like, oh my God, like, how are you doing this? And she would just tell them. And then. They were like, you need to make this a method. This is a thing. This mm -hmm. is a thing. And then she had to be like, oh, crap, this is a thing. And it was hard for her to build out. Like, she has an agency-style approach to it. Mm -hmm. It's done for you. But she's doing it, and it's amazing. And it's completely, you know, it's related, but it's like six levels above what she started as, as a business coach helping people leave their nine-to-five and start, you know, their entrepreneurial journey. And it's amazing to see her trajectory, mm -hmm. right? And she needed all that experience to have something to talk about on the podcast to learn that she was a great podcast guest and then to be in the mastermind where they saw something in her that she didn't see in herself. And then all they, those like, things had it. to be connected to yes. even get to the that spark that then turns into a, that is a thing, now let's sit down and mm -hmm. uh, like really work that vision out. Yes. The... Um, that led me into like what we were talking about yesterday was like the rabbit hole thing. This is where we're going to take a turn for a bit of greedy. This is my, this is, this is, this is where we got into my thing, which was like the things that really spark my interest. I never know when they come, but what they always are, are these rabbit holes. And it's like, that's where it's like, oh, I want to, I want to go down that path. Like I think about this podcast and it was like, 
I used the example of the Thursday dating app last time. It's like, I did the Thursday dating app. I went on a date. I talked about it on the podcast and how I really like the app, which then I DM'd to the Thursday dating app people, honestly, because I would love them to share it and get some views. But then they were like, I love it. And we pass it to the founder. And then he shared it on his DM and he was like listening to this podcast and now it wasn't about the views anymore. I was like, oh my God, they li- he likes it because, and then I started to think to myself, I'm talking about the thing that no one's talking about with him. I was talking about the creative design decisions of his app because that's what I could speak to in my thing. Everyone talks to him about the dating app or about the, about the style of the dating, the Thursday dating app, how it's different than the competitors. And I do too, but I talk about it from like, the psychological choices you made in how you how you go about using the app and why you made these decisions. And we had a wonderful conversation, and I enjoyed that. And then that turned into him doing wanting to do an event in New York City, and then I ended up, you know, I got paid like little to nothing for it, but I got to do it. I was like, I created this event for the singles thing, and I was like, oh my God, wait, what's going on? And now I'm doing that. And then they came into town. I ended up meeting up with them. Ended up going to see. We didn't even get this far in the story yesterday, but I went to Phantom of the Opera with him, the other co-founder, and the daughter of uh, Sir Anthony Lloyd Wright. Oh my god! The composer of the Phantom of the Opera. I went to this with his daughter, and she and I wasn't invited. They were meeting her at the bar, and we were talking. And they said when she gets here, like we're gonna go to the theater. And I was like, yeah, cool. That'll be the end of this. Like, great mm-hmm. to hang out with you. And then we were talking when she got there, and she's like, do you want to come with us? And I said, yeah, sure, but I don't have a ticket. And she's like, we'll work it out. And I didn't know who she was. And we walked to the theater, and she just walks up to the box office. Five seconds later, comes back, I got tickets. I was like, whoa. And then we went in, and we had, like, impeccable seats. I'm like, what? And then um, he leans over, and he's like, she's the composer's daughter. And I was like, what? (laughs) And here we are. That's amazing. That's one of those rabbit hole things where it's like, who knows where that thing ends up going to? You know, down the road, she invited me to go to London for their their new show that was going on over there, the Cinderella show that they were creating. And I was like, who knows where that would have went? And I had to go back to reality. I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Because you weren't on a break. Because I wasn't on a break, right? But like, I could have said yeah to that and done it, right? So anyways... Greedily, where I where I believe that you're right is that you don't know you don't know where you're gonna go, but I do know that the thing that personally excites me instantly is the thought that I'm opening myself up to go down the rabbit holes. And then what I wrote in the little blog post, we're gonna get to a bow here, I promise. Um, what I got here in my little blog post was that. Um, it's not that bad of a thing, of course. Okay, so I said, so when I say, I don't know what I'd do at the time, well, it might start like this. And then, and and I, oh, I was talking about, I said, um, as I'm writing this, it starts to feel like a blog post <laughs> where it starts off with me writing everything that I'm excited about here. And then I say, if this resonates with you, well, perhaps you need a sabbatical too. In the next five chapters, I'm going to explain my sabbatical so to inspire you to at least consider it yourself. You know, and I said like, so when I, so when I say, I don't know what I'd do at the time, well, it might start like this and then lead to the next thing and the next thing. Steps on the path into the fog and uh, on an unknown journey, but blindly, boldly, and curiously down the rabbit hole. And I said, and is that a bad thing? Of course not. It's exciting me right now just writing this, and the whole notion makes a ton of sense. How can something that excites me with just the pure trickle of imagination into it 
uh, how can something that excites me with just the pure trickle of imagination into what could be real be a bad thing to lean into? And so that's where it leads me into that. So, like, it's scary when I put it as the little bullet points of, like, I don't know. I've never lived on my savings, and I don't even know what I'd do at the time. And then I start to just, like, express it, and we talk about it like this. And I'm like, it does make sense. It's all there. It's exciting. It just requires, like, the decision to be like, okay, I'm doing it. Enough of it. And then what we started to talk about yesterday was, like, the plan. Like, Like, you need a plan. I'm like, that makes sense. You can't go into it blindly. Uh, I don't want to talk about the plan so much because that's like the next step. But basically, um, I do want to do this. And I'm I'm closer than I've ever been to saying I'm going to do this. Uh, And so perhaps we can work on the plan. Um, I would love that. And I just just want to say, Wade, like I think scared sighted. Scared sighted. Yeah, Mm -hmm. is the emotion that when you're on the verge of something really big for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're never going to make a huge change or take a huge leap and not feel a little bit of fear or terror even, right? But if there's excitement that buoys and attaches to that fear, Mm -hmm. then that's you being ready for the next adventure. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been in this spot where... I've, I've dipped my toe into playing, but stayed in the life that I've built and find comfort and stability and all those words we use for stuff like this for like a decade. Honestly, like the really when it starts to like really hit me was when I was working for GoPro and I stumbled on Casey Neistat's YouTube videos and watching his show. And I was like, holy crap, this isn't just like stupid videos on YouTube. This is like a little show he makes. Oh my God, I love this. And then I got addicted to it and then was like, I want to try it myself. And that's what like the imagination and the creation and you can do this. This is a real life got into to my brain. And ever since then, I still like held my job and dipped it, played a little bit. But I'm watching people that do it all the time. I'm watching the aspiration, but I'm just like dipping a toe in. And, I've, and I know that you have to go f- full ass if you're going to be what you're watching but for like since I was like 27, and I'm 37, 36, so 10 years of like that, I sat in, I sat with that step, that next step for 10 years and haven't done it. So clearly, I want to, and I'm nowhere better off than I was 10 years ago than I am right now. So what do we say? If you want to do something you've never done before, you have to do. Things differently. If, if you want something you've never had before, you have to do some. You have to do things you've never done before. If you want something different, yeah. you have to be willing to do something. So, too. so that's where we're at, and it's like, and so when you start to add logic to this, which I love to do, that's that logic. That statement becomes so logical because I can look back and be like, for ten years I haven't done it, but I know what it is. It's just scary. Yeah. All right, that's the bow. I hope you got something out of this. I certainly did. I can't wait to re-listen to this, Katrina. It's been an absolutely wonderful weekend with you, and oh. I hope you come back to New York City so we can do some more of these little adventures. Oh, I definitely will wait. That's going to happen. Cool. All right. Well, say bye to the pod. Bye. Talk to you guys later. Uh, I love you. Bye.